3: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Tom, are you a fish and chips man or a bangers and mash man? Ooh, I'm a malt vinegar man.
4: So like, you know, when that you discover what malt vinegar is and you get the fish and chips and then there's the the bottle of Heinz malt vinegar, I, I just douse it on my fries and stuff. I think that was the first time I ever discovered that was in London, whether that's actually a London thing or if it's a, a, a Irish thing. I don't know, but I, that's how I discovered malt vinegar. So I'm going to go with fish and chips just soaked in malt vinegar.
3: I'm going to go with fish and chips doused in malt liquor. is Pack Your Knives. I'm Kevin Arnovitz. And I'm Tom Aberstro. Tom, it's time for the draft. What's better than the draft? We have 16 international competitors who are fighting for the title of Top Chef. Season 20 Global All-Stars filmed in London. A dubious but very appealing culinary capital. And already we got some fireworks in, in, in episode one. We got water being spilled by one chef into another's saute pan we've got people forgetting their proteins we got people forgetting to de- vein their shrimp oh vault i mean tom it is uh i think there's a lot going on but more than anything we got a draft and and i just kind of want to throw it to you because i think you have a much firmer understanding like are we any good at this five seasons in this is our this is our sixth draft right like Are we, are we even any, are we, am I better off throwing darts at a board? I mean, is there, what's our coefficient here? Like, are we, are we doing any good work whatsoever on drafting?
4: I think we are. I think we are. Whether we're getting better at it, I'm not sure. I think we kind of, um... We feel like we're getting better at the draft. But as you know, in the NBA, uh, we're not any better than we were 10 years ago. And why that is, I don't I don't know. But I remember the Tyler Anderson draft from a few years back. Tyler Anderson was my number one pick because I had discovered this amazing little kernel of research that when you look at the first episode, the elimination challenge winner goes and wins the entire Top Chef Over a third of the time. So you have like 15 contestants. You'd put what, like 5% chance, 6% chance at winning the whole thing from there. But if you go and look at the first episode winner, the elimination challenge winner goes on to win five out of the 13 times that we saw up until Tyler Anderson. Of course, Tyler Anderson wins the first episode. And so I draft him number one overall, and he promptly gets booted like two episodes later and totally defies the logic of the first elimination challenge effect. And so we uh, last year, you fell to the same trap that I did that year, is that you drafted Robert number one overall. And I remember... Being surprised. But you were going with the math of just historically. Uh, there was Jeremy Ford that year. He went number one overall because he won the first episode. I think um, there are a couple other examples historically. And I will say the co- correlation coefficient is 04 one seven. Did I have that right? Hold on. Let me, get me pull this up. The exact number here, because I want to make sure the people out there understand we are not just throwing darts at a dartboard. That would be a co- correlation coefficient of zero zero. It would be nothing, but it is actually a medium effect. Negative point four seven. Not bad. I'll take it. Not bad. I'll take it. A negative one a whole number of 1.0 would be perfect that we have, we have predicted the order of top chef contestants one to 15 perfect. After the first episode, a negative 0.47 is probably a medium effect. Last year I picked Buddha at number three. Uh, I also picked Gabriel Gabrielis at number two. You had show to number one and those were the finalists. So we're not terrible at this, Kevin, but I got to ask you, um, Do you feel like you want to have the first pick or do you want to seed that and and offer up uh, me taking the number one pick overall?
3: No, I'm going to take the first pick this year. Whoa. Okay. But I'm going to take it not to take the person who won the elimination challenge. Those days are over. Wow. But I am going to take it based on track record, just not the first episode not the first elimination challenge.
4: Okay, so David Stern slash Kevin Arnovitz, can you give us the first pick of the Pack Your Knives Season 20 draft?
3: With the first pick in the Season 20 Global All-Stars draft, Team Kevin selects Buddha Lowe of Port Douglas, Australia.
4: Oh man, this is heartbreaking. Oh, Budalow is number one on my big board. You snatched it from out of my grasp. I knew it, Kevin. You would do it. You would look zag when last year you zigged. You went with the guy who won the first episode uh, elimination challenge, Robert last year, and now you go with our favorite, the encyclopedia of Top Chef competition, the reigning
3: champion, Budalow. I do. Um, I don't recall a chef who is cooking with more competence and mastery of what exactly it is these people are doing here. You even saw it in the um, when we saw the the quick fire challenge, right? Go pick five ingredients. Like Buddha's no dummy, he goes and gets cream and he gets eggs, right? He doesn't screw around with blueberries or cabbage or any other cheap shit, right? No. Like the man knows how to play the game. The man has versatility. He has technicality, he has creativity, he has presentation, he derives from about 48 different culinary traditions. <laughs> I am convinced that Buddha Lowe, Tom Haberstow, Buddha Lowe is one of the most complete chef testants to grace this fine program in its more than two decades of existence. We are seeing somebody who will be enshrined in the Top Chef Hall of Fame near the very entrance. I know he did not even make the top three in the first challenge with his eggplant and shrimp and shiitake, tofu, pickled kohlrabi, and mis- miso dashi. But I am convinced that Budolo is going to give me, if not a win, we are going to be living with this man most of the spring. And I'm not going to be subject to no early elimination no more. Those days are over. I'm going with an air-free chef here. Um, I just do not see a scenario where Buddha low ever has the worst dish out of 16, 12, 10, eight, or even five. I mean, maybe when it gets to the you know to the final couple weeks, hey, anything can happen. But um, I've never felt more confident of a first pick.
4: Were you worried that I was going to take him number one overall?
3: Hell yeah, that's why I took the, the my prerogative. <laughs> so, who, but now you have an enviable uh, task. You get you get two and three, and you know there are a lot of a lot of talent on the board here. Tom, who do you take with the second pick? With the second pick of the Top Chef
4: season twenty, pack your knives. Global draft. I am
3: going to go with. Ali Ghazawi. Oh! Going by social media follower count. That's a new criteria.
4: I love this guy. He, um, he, I, I can go without the whole, the licorice. I don't like that aspect of food and cuisine. I don't like that flavor. But he, um, he's, he's one Top Chef Mina. He he comes from, um, the, the culinary capital of Jordan cuisine. I. I look at him on the TV and I and I I feel like he's got just this it factor. I, I I don't know. Mm-hmm. might have panicked with the number two pick. I don't know where he was on your big board, but I really loved his his cooking. He didn't look he's not Buddha where he created his own butter in a quick fire challenge. But I love Ali's background. I love his presence on the show. I think he's going to bring it this season he wasn't top three, but my third pick here or the third overall pick um, was in the top three. But first, your thoughts on Ali.
3: Yeah. You know, I I I think there's a lot there and, and the pedigree is really impressive. He's a confident chef. Um, you know, with me, I, I think one of the things that the elimination challenge did offer a window into his instinct, right? Because it was one of those we want a vegetable forward entree, right? And. I think one of the ways that people get themselves in trouble on Top Chef is not understanding the challenge. And what do we know about the judges? We don't like when the judges have a point of emphasis that you don't follow, right? And when they say vegetable forward and you come out with a protein forward, it demonstrates to me a certain vulnerability on, um, hey, because I, I think that's how you can get in trouble, especially in the late rounds where, hey, the food and the prep is fine, the presentation is fine, you execute but that's not what we wanted. And I was a little taken aback to see a piece of sea bass at the center of the plate. Now, it looked delicious and clearly it was delicious and and you know, he had his cauliflower puree and his cauliflower couscous and his pickled cauliflower. He had the nice medley. But it did suggest to me it's a slight red flag when and look, we'll go we'll talk about this with Dawn when when she gets off the board where if you don't you got to understand the challenge and I did. It did give me pause. And so he was a guy who I had scouted very high, but I was like, Ugh, OK, he doesn't like mm-hmm. that's just a fundamental thing with the game. The game is they want you to feature the vegetable. Why are you putting six ounces of sea bass front and center?
4: He's got he's got some room to grow, yeah. um, but he's he's already got the pedigree. Um, and speaking of pedigree, at the third pick of the PYK draft, Team Tom selects begonia begonia rodrigo the top chef spain winner who's already a one michelin star chef she comes in with the pumpkin crown that just blew the socks off of all of the contestants she comes in in the top three she doesn't win this episode but man i i was so impressed by begonia coming in with a lot of uh expectation a lot of reputation but kind of a LeBron of sorts that she has delivered and then some.
3: I'll be perfectly straight with you like I actually this morning had second thoughts about going two and three with the understanding that I'd be get at least Buddha or Begonia. Like to me she was my number 2 with a great distance to number 3. To me there are two complete chefs in this competition from my observation. Buddha and Begonia. So I am I while well, I applaud your pick and you've demonstrated yourself to be uh, a very savvy drafter. I'm, I'm a little disappointed because I was really hoping that maybe you get lured into some other business here, but you knew what everybody knows, which is, I think Begonia is almost Buddha-esque too, I, I, I think in terms of sensibility. And I, and I think she is going to be a force. Um, so congratulations there.
4: I don't know if we've gone this far in a draft without the actual first elimination challenge winner still on the board. And I'm curious if Charvel goes now, Kevin, your number four pick.
3: With the fourth pick in the season 20 top chef draft team, Kevin selects Tom Goethe what? of Mainz, Germany. Tom, the fact that this man willfully decides to spend his life on cruise ships is definitely <laughs> yeah. a drawback and I have no interest in visiting him ever in his place of work. However, good Lord, this dish. <laughs> I just saw something there with the carrots. Um, that carrot medley, the Bristol, the moose, the chutney, the confidence, as he said, the humble carrot. In some ways, you know, he and Charbel took a very similar approach, but there's something about um, kind of Tom's and I, and I know he and Sam will scoop, screw the pooch in that quick fire with a red cabbage juice, poached salmon and pickled blueberries. God knows what else. Um, but there's something about his game that I like. I, I just, to me, it's what I wanted to see. And, mm-hmm. uh, I, I imagine you did not have him as high as I had him, but, um, I, I feel very confident in this pick. And, um, so, so that, that, that's where I'm headed there.
4: I had him two slots below this, but, um, in my third tier of chefs that I, I had on the board. So like, I, I think Tom was a, uh, a really strong pick. I mean, the fake carrot, yeah, but the real carrot mm-hmm. flavor and, uh, components with the bone marrow mm-hmm. dust, Kevin, mm-hmm. I mean, come mm-hmm. on, are you serious mm-hmm. with that dish? So, um, I- I, I, I'm I'm a little bummed because I was waiting there at six to pick him but you took him off the board who's number five
3: with a piss pick in the draft team Kevin selects Dale mcKay wow from Saskatoon Saskatchewan Canada winner of top Chef Canada season one um i I think similar logic here um I I just really I admired what he did uh, both up top of the langoustine and the seafood broth with Sarah again with the roasted eggplant puree, which they seemed to like. It almost seemed to be possibly a fourth or fifth place dish um, mm-hmm. in that top mm-hmm. 16. Uh, also, Tom, I went to Top Chef season one, Canada Stats. You know, I kind of went oh. to see the little board. Right. So so I wanted to see, you know, not all the seasons have it. This is a guy who had three wins, two highs, a runner-up. Um, he won. He had a he had a couple of uh, quick fire wins. Like he was the dominant player. He along with the second like in that season. Like they're just he just he he was pretty freaking dominant. And um, I, I just think that in going back and looking at those stats, I just. You know, the guy has gotten through a season. He won it in 2011. Uh, It was a pretty competitive field from what you can read. And uh, I just believe that he knows how to play the game. So I did this based on kind of past history, to be honest.
4: I like that. I mean, sometimes you go with film. Sometimes you go with, uh, you know, the resume. And sometimes you go with, you know, just previous competition, the highest level of competition. And I like that homework you did there. Uh, Dale was, was pretty high on my big board. Uh, but not quite as high as you have him at number five here. I'm shocked that you didn't go with Charbel, um, but he did win. Dale did win, uh, along with Sarah Bradley, uh, the quick fire challenge with the langoustines, with the gremolata. Um, so he's, he's. I mean, maybe that's another study to do is uh, the quick fire. If there is a quick fire um, on episode one, I, there's going to be a quick fire in episode one. Um, how many of those winners, those Top Chef winners in the quick fire, m- you know, what does that right. get you? Um, in the competition. So uh, Dale gets off the board here. So now you you're looking at a team right now with Buddha, Tom, and Dale. I've got Ali, Begonia. And with the sixth pick in the season 20 Top Chef draft at Pack Your Knives, I'm going with the onion man, Chef Charbel. All right. I don't need to tell you. Onion is maybe the most underrated food in all of cuisine. I love onions. In fact, the other day I decided to just caramelize some onions just because. I just sat there and was like, you know what? I'm gonna put you know a little bit of oil in this pan, and I am just gonna take this onion and I'm gonna roast it down. Just just take it down all the way. It might take an hour. I don't care. I love caramelized onions. He does it like eight ways. Tom Colicchio in the um in the at the judges' tables was just blown away at the idea of kind of inserting that little like mousse, that uh, onion mousse within the layers of the onion. And it just, it was a, it was a knockout dish. And I, I don't know if I was surprised that he won. Cause I thought actually begonia and Tom had equally deserving dishes, but I'm surprised that he was still left on our board. What were you worried about with Charbel, even though he won the first elimination challenge, which uh, with a knockout dish, the onion dish. Um, He fell to number six. I'm a little surprised by that.
3: I think I'm discounting the win the first elimination factor because it's an all-star season. By definition, all of these people have won several elimination challenges or they wouldn't be there. Mm, I love that. And so I'm just discounting that factor in an all-star season.
4: Yeah, And I think the research does bear that out is that as we get uh, a higher level of talent – we're seeing that first episode mean less. And so that actually has some grounding in the data is that 5 of the first 13 chefs that won the first elimination challenge went on to win it the whole thing. It's kind of like the big fish in a small pool pond where like if you know what you're doing in the early seasons of Top Chef lore you're going to win the first episode and like run the table. Whereas these days in more recent seasons, all of these chefs own their own restaurants or have some sort of acclaim. And so it is a higher level of competition, a little bit more random in the early going. Yeah. Um, and the
3: other thing I'll be perfectly honest was his performance in the quick fire. I think it's fair to say that of other than, um, Victoire's, uh, al dente risotto, that sad piece of zucchini was, far and away, the most disappointing element on the eight plates. And Dawn cited it in her commentary that she was very concerned. What the hell is it doing there? Um, look, I like zucchini, but it was just on their sauce vierge with grilled mackerel. Like it was just what the hell, like, that's what that guy did with five ingredients. That's what that guy did was a sad little unaccompanied, unintegrated piece of, of zucchini. So I, while I applaud his like onion work, um, I I just don't see somebody there that I'm going to waste a top five pick on
4: with the seventh pick of the top chef season 20 pack your knives draft i am taking the pride of paducah sarah bradley she wins the quick fire challenge alongside dale um This is someone who I just love watching on the, on the program. She's a little in your face with her personality. She also has the kind of, you know, humble beginnings of Paducah, Kentucky, when they're on the, on the, on the, uh, the London bus and they're asking who's never been to London, who's never been to Paris. And she's raising her hand both times with the, uh you know, the, the Kentucky girl who's visiting the bright lights of London and the metropolis of of Paris. This is a girl, uh, from, from Paducah, Kentucky, who rises to the top of the culinary world. I'm excited to see this from Sarah. She, she already performed well with her, with her quick fire. And while it wasn't an outstanding dish with the, uh, with the pot liquor <laughs> uh, dish that she did in the, in the, um, in the challenge, the elimination challenge. I, I just, I want her on my team. So I'm taking number seven, uh, Sarah Bradley, who already has a quick fire point under her belt, uh, which would, is not going to be included in our fantasy draft? But
3: yeah, I've got Ali, begonia, Charbel and Sarah Bradley. Yeah. I would like to note the irony of a bunch of British chefs criticizing her presentation and plating. Um, given that British food (laughs) looks like spackle. Like, have you ever... I mean, there's nothing less appetizing than looking at an English... a plate of English breakfast or bangers and mash or whatever. Um, So I I thought that was kind of amusing. With the eighth pick in the season 20 draft, Team Kevin selects Nicole Combs.
1: Mm.
3: Top Chef Canada season five winner, and I'll tell you why, Tom. I went back and did my research... In a 10-week season, three wins, including the finale, four additional highs, three quick-fire challenge wins. Nicole didn't just win all-star season five Canada. She dominated. And I mean dominated. Right? Like in those— 96 polls. I mean, she freaking dominated. And I know she came across as a little flaky in this episode, and I I don't know that she wowed anybody with her summer bass, garden vegetables. You know, look, I I don't really need a fondant potato, a little hockey puck. It doesn't do anything for me normally, but I I just – there's enough history there, and that was a 2017 competition, so we're not that far removed. This woman cleaned the floor with other Top Chef Canada All-Stars. Cleaned the floor. So I just, so if you're telling me how that person's available at number eight in a 16 player draft, I got to tell you, I'm not going to miss the opportunity.
0: Hello, listener. Guess who's back? It's me, Anthony Mays, your favorite butcher turned podcast producer. And I'm here to talk to you about ButcherBox. ButcherBox is the most convenient way to get high quality meat and seafood that you can trust delivered straight to your doorstep, free shipping, vacuum sealed packaging, ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com Dings and use code Dings, D-I-N-G-S, to choose your free-for-a-year offer plus get $20 off your first order.
4: I was a little, um, just like you were with, um, with Charbel, I was a little kind of... Uh not shocked to Nicole's that's not the right word but the idea that she was gonna let a risotto happen and I know that it's a it's the first episode and you're trying to feel each other out a little bit but when Victoria decided to do a risotto as a teammate I would just jump in and say no we're not doing that and yes she mentioned the whole curse of the of the top chef risotto but it was almost kind of a savvy move in a way was that she knew that like if she makes the risotto it's going to be her fault. I'm not going home later. This is a quick fire. Um, if she wants to fall on that sword, go right ahead. So I um, I was a little surprised at that because given her pedigree and the fact that you listed how dominant she was, I thought she'd be a little bit more stronger in that partnership. Um, but she kind of just... All right, if you want to take the the contested 37-footer falling out of bounds that never goes in, sure, go for it.
3: Yeah, I don't know what to make of that. Like, I really don't. I, I'm with you there. It was obviously uninspired, and she didn't show me anything in the quick fire. I mean, I guess her poached, poached oyster must have been decent. Um, but what do you do when your Italian compatriot basically says i want to do something idiotic like i, I mean do you just like on a, on a quick fire as you said with there's no consequence other than the indignity of having to be set told you had one of our least favorite dishes in a non-elimination challenge Like i don't know what you do there um you know uh, to me you know her bigger my the bigger red flag to me was again she was somebody who kind of centered the summer bath, though everyone seemed to really like her, pota- her her reggie so um you know, I, but there's enough, again, I, this is a, one of those where in the middle of the draft and there's somebody with a, with a, a history of affecting winning, somebody who knows how to win Top Chef weekly competition. And so I'm going to, I'm going to snatch her. Um, this is my most difficult pick, number nine. With number nine, I'm going to select Don Burrell from Top Chef season 18, Portland. Uh, We know Dawn. We love Dawn. I do it with all the appropriate disclaimers, which is she doesn't really know how to manage time. It's still apparently a problem. I'm even more concerned that she had the instinct to make a Jamaican patty on a veg-forward challenge. Um, It was somewhat reassured in the sense that Tom said she made the right dish at the wrong time. So um, Dawn doesn't put out bad food. Right. I mean, I mean, to this day, she has not put out a bad dish. Um, she has squandered time. She has erred by the wrong focus. Again, pastry instead of veg. But if you're telling me on the back half of the draft, I can select somebody who's probably not made a bad plate in a season on um, route to a finale, I, you know, I'm going to take them. An interesting pick here because I know,
4: you know, her faults, you know it better than anybody, but yet she was one of the final contestants of that season, even though she struggled with inspiration right from the get go in this episode, didn't really know what she wanted to cook, which is, you know, maybe as she did in the previous season, she needed a few episodes to get her footing Um, so that was a red flag for me is that coming into the season, Kevin, she has all of the time to prep and learn from her mistakes of years past and yet had similar issues of just, uh, trying to figure out what she wanted to do and getting delayed and delayed and figuring out in the whole foods or the, or the, the grocery store, what, what am I going to cook? And so that was a little bit of a red flag, but Kevin, let's just spend a moment here to talk about when she had to speak to the judges and when they asked, how did your day go? And she said, you know, not, not great. And then she touched Gabriel on the shoulder and just looked at him in the eye. Like, y- you know what? I'm <laughs> going to go there, but I want, I want to be, you know, a little bit of bedside manner here and just let you know, we're going forward and I'm going to try not to run this bus right over you.
3: Tom, it's reason enough to draft her. It was a masterclass in bus throwing. <laughs> it was truly <laughs> like, like, down to the touching of the elbow, as you said, like down yeah. to the physical, I'm going to be Steve Nash here for a second and, and and be such a warm, fuzzy person who actually has enough affection for my arch enemy to actually, you know, give him a love tap while I basically tell the judges this freaking moron put water in my saute pan.
4: <laughs> Not a little thimble of water.
3: It was a, an entire just pot of water. Yeah. I think that is reason enough to have Don. I'm very pleased with this look like at this point in the draft, what I'm basically saying is she is a top nine player. I don't think she's going out in the next six weeks. That's just me. I, I think there's enough. I think there's enough flatsome down below to, you know, inoculate her from any time management issues. But we'll see. Um, even with her time. management, I mean, that was the thing. We know about her time management issues and it still didn't cost her. Um, and I'm OK at her ninth. Would I have drafted her top four? Hell no. But I'm, I'm OK right here.
4: OK, so the Olympian is off the board in the Top Chef Olympics. With the 10th pick in the Pack Your Knives draft of season 20 Top Chef, I am going to go with Luciana
3: Barry. Yeah, I saw the Brazilian coming for you. I, I saw I saw this. Yeah,
4: it was a solid performance from Luciana. Uh, she does the scallop ceviche with lobster as this top chef scallop is his top chef, uh, ceviche. Uh, we've got, you know, that's an old standby is in a quick fire. You want to do some sort of ceviche or some sort of crude uh, something easy with a little bit of heat. And she does that. Um, and I don't know if that's, if that's a good sign or a bad sign, she knows the game. Um, and with her, you know, UK, uh, studies and her you know she's the hometown hero but also from Brazil so she's got this global cuisine under her belt I actually like Luciana here um, the cassava bisque look solid nothing nothing blow your mind nothing at the bottom uh, she wasn't in the bottom you take Dawn here right before Luciana I like the value of Luciana here at number 10
3: yeah I think it's a good pick actually I had her. Um, I had her higher I mean I had her at 8 I think it's a good pick for you
4: Number 11, okay. I'm going to go with Amar Santana. Yeah, I was hoping you wouldn't. Yeah, Uh, we can talk trades later at another episode, but uh, if you really really want Amar, because you just went to his restaurant, I know a little bit of recency bias here and first-person bias. If you want to talk trades later, we can, but Amar Santana... He's a, a wily veteran of this show, uh, Top Chef California, um, a great personality. Did the uh, sea bass baba Ganoush with Ali in the quick fire. Didn't do much for me there. Um, the seared scalps with the glazed pickled veggies. Uh, and the veggies were a really star of that dish, uh, as the judges said. I like Amar, uh, I think he's a bubbly personality, someone I'd like to, to hang out with. And on Top Chef, I feel like he's gonna have a solid, solid run here. <laughs>
3: With the number 12 pick in the Top Chef Season 20 draft, Team Kevin selects Sylvia statia of Lublin, Poland. Uh, I'm going to call her Spud because, like, you know, she likes the potato being the pole <laughs> that she is. I'm going to call her Spud. Uh, Spud. Spud Stacia. Um I, I like this. Um, she seems like a relatively mistake-free chef. I don't know that she's going to wow, um, but I think there's a degree of competence here. I'm seeing she won her season. Um, you know, I mean, look, I, I thought there was some creativity there with that sort of deconstructed. It almost looked like a macaron, um, which she did in the finale. Yeah, it, was, yeah. it, it was really nice yeah. looking. Um, the beet goat cheese kohlrabi sandwich. Uh, I, I, I trust her. I just don't think there, there, there's no. Boneheadedness. You know, you never know when you when you're paired with Buddha, how much of that was him, how much of that was her. They had one of the top uh, quick fire dishes. But um, I, I think she's got some seriously decent fundamentals. And, you know, I'm pretty pleased to get her down here. Um, and, I, and I feel the same way about May, who I'm taking with the next pick. Oh, nice. You know, May's yep. Garden Salad. They love that dish. I mean, you saw the way they kind of swooned over just you know the heat and the emulsion and 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 the way the veg the veg preparation uh yeah there was the oh did they really need the cured sea bass action i think was the critique but like bottom line is she made a dish that chef's loved um she made it and then you know up top i don't know she was part of that begonia kind of middle of the pack uh, pan seared monkfish quick fire but but she has some pretty good game and uh i'm I, i'm 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 very pleased to get her here and i think she might be one of those uh, contestants that hangs around till the final six seven weeks, and I'm I, I'm 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 hopeful to be pleasantly surprised. I'm I'm happy to get her here,
4: as you should be. Um, I I don't see any real dings on the board here for her, and I'm glad you get the Polish chef here because uh, I already I already got Luciana on my team, so I'm I'm happy to see that you got Sylvia here. And I want to say uh, we're down to our final three here
1: with
4: the 14th pick. I'm going with Victoria. Or victory. I'm not going to pronounce that right. I'm going to get it right. You're on my team, and I'm happy you're on my team. Um, She comes from Africa to Italy, living in Milan, and she produces a dish in her uh, in her elimination challenge. A little bit of a gazpacho, cassava uh, scallop dish. I'm I'm not super thrilled with her performance in this episode, but um, you know she she. She wasn't in the bottom three of the elimination challenge. That goes to Don, Samuel, and uh, Gabri. But in terms of bottom three of the entire episode, Kevin, the choice to go with the risotto, uh, not a fan of that uh, right off the bat. And it, not only was that a poor decision, she wasn't getting the right feedback from Nicole being like, that's not even cooked. That's not al dente. That's just not cooked. And, uh, you know, you if you're the Italian chef, You got to nail the Italian staple. And she just whiffed on that. So but at the 14th pick, uh, it's Slim Pickens here. So I'm going with Victoria here. With the final pick of the existing chefs, can I take
3: Samuel? Yeah, you can take Samuel if you want. You don't have to take Gabriel. Okay. You can leave the gay for the gay.
4: (laughs) You took I think you took Robert last year because you wanted to get uh, the gay on the on the table.
3: Yeah, I always have to have one of the gays. Okay, it's just like a little solidarity. I mean, even though Gabriel couldn't find his way out of a paper bag, I'll, 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 I'll take him at sixteen if you want Samuel.
4: I'm gonna take Samuel, and I, I feel like this was a harsh elimination. Um, I thought he his dish was very good in terms of the actual, uh, idea of the the challenge was to create like a veggie forward dish, and he of course had the um, uh, a veggie focused dish. With it really, I think they actually really enjoyed his vegetables. The presentation was excellent. Uh, it's just the fact that he didn't de poop the shrimp, Kevin, and that was a disqualifier for but for him. But I actually thought th- if you were going to do a overall dish uh, evaluation, like all the components worked. It's just he had a cardinal sin mistake of not deveining the shrimp, which I'm going to overlook here. I think uh, this could be some value here.
3: I think it's the right call. In fact, Tom even said they liked his vegetable work. So it was just, um, yeah. it was a, I mean, it's a, it's a really bad error. But um, I mean, clearly, you know, in terms of the prep, whereas, I mean, look, I, 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 I mean, I guess the question is if Gabriel doesn't have that error, if he doesn't spill water, like how are we seeing him other than, okay, the char in that, in that, in that in that weird dish of his becomes sort of the, 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 focus and clearly the ash kind of literally left a bad taste. He missed the
4: sauce, Kevin. He forgot a component of the dish. Not only did he f-
3: spill. Yeah, but- he he seems a little frenetic. Um, definitely. As one of the judges said, kind of set by nerves, but uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I, um again, when, when you're down here, it just, you know, what are we doing? What are we talking about? So here, that is it. We're at eight on eight.
4: Here's team Kevin. We got Buddha, Tom, Dale, Nicole, Don, Sylvia, and May, and Gabri. With my team, I've got Ali, Begonia, Charbel, Sarah, Luciana, Amar, Vittori and Samuel on my team. Samuel is in Last Chance Kitchen. So I guess part of the reason why it's appealing is he's not going to get the upside. But the downside, he's already eaten the five points. He's already been eliminated from this show. Now,
3: you don't have to absorb that. What do our rules say? You don't have to absorb that, do you?
4: You don't have to absorb that. But I don't get any of the
3: upside of him actually, you know. Oh, do you get the point when he wins if he wins a round of uh, last chance? Do you get that point? No,
4: I get that point. And for those who are scoring at home, we should we should go over that is the scoring of our fantasy draft. So the way it works is we draft our teams. Um, The winner of Top Chef, the finale gets 25 points. The winner of every elimination challenge gets 10 points. If you finish in the top three, you get five points. So it's a cumulative Ten points. You don't get 10 points plus five for being in the top three. It's just 10 points if you win. And then the other two in the top three get five points each. Then if you're in the middle, if you're neither in the top or the bottom, you're kind of in that hamster wheel of mediocrity in the middle, you get two points. Um, if you're in the bottom three, you do not get any points. If you're eliminated, you get minus five. And then there's the quick fire. If you win the quick fire, you get three points. And if you are one of the other two in the top three, you get one point. And in last chance kitchen, if you move on, you get one point. And if you're eliminated, you get a minus one. So those are the point totals you've won the last two years in the fantasy draft. Kevin, with your squad, I'll read it again. You got Buddha, Tom, Dale, Nicole, Dawn, Sylvia, uh, May, and Gabri. Who's your who's your who's your best pick so far, you think? Like the one you're most excited about. I know you got Buddha at number one,
3: but Well, I mean, yeah, I mean the, the, the you know, the obvious question is Buddha um is, is the answer.
4: May feels like a really strong pick at 13 value. Right. Like I
3: think I think in terms of value, I think May is a great pick. I actually think Nicole has a potential. I know she didn't show much, but again, I just I have trouble. Looking at her stats from winning the All Star season, I mean she she's arguably by performance the best chef, top chef Canada's ever churned out, and you know I'm getting her, you know you know I I get her at uh, you know down there at what at, at eight, and so for me that's really appealing, and yeah. I think there's value there. Now I I, I could totally be wrong. Um, look, I think I think Tom showed us a lot with that carrot. And I think he's a really strong chef and I think he's a really, I don't think he's going to make a lot of mistakes in the early going. So I, I, I don't know. I kind of like my team. I mean, I, if anything, the, the, uh, you know, I, 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 covet Begonia because I think she's just a badass. And that dish was just insane with the pumpkin noodles and mm-hmm. the competence that she's just, I, I think she's, we will be seeing her in the finale. And so but uh, what about you? Where, where do you find value on your roster here?
4: I just think Charvel at the, at number six uh, elimination challenge winner. It is uh, still, even though it's early going, the fact that he had the best dish of all of the 16 contestants shows me a lot. And so he falls to number six, a huge, huge story in the pack your knives draft Um Falls to number six. And then, of course, I'm excited about begonia being on my team. You said it. Uh, Maybe the most impressive dish of the day. And, you know, just in general, um, general thoughts. Tom says this is by far um, the best first episode we've ever had. Don't we feel like he says this all the time now, though? Eh. I I kind of felt that way
3: too. Yeah. Like, I feel like I've heard this a lot.
4: You know, when the iPhone comes out and they say, you know, this is the most advanced iPhone yet or the best iPhone yet. I'm like, kind of has to be right.
3: I mean, it would be interesting. Like if, if you did have a blind taste test across time, like I do wonder how much better the dishes are than. I mean, surely the, I mean, one thing we talk about the credentials and, and, you know, I've suggested in the past that the fact that everyone is kind of established does take away a little bit from the sort of, underdog quality of the show the idea that a a sous chef working in obscurity in a mid-sized city can kind of make a name for themselves on the other hand i suspect tom is right right like that 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 there's no reason to believe he's not right which is when you do get chefs who each in this case won a season or final uh, or final uh, finalists in a season who do have careers who have trained under the best um presumably the food's better so you know it's tough to say but um yeah. I'm kind of stoked for the season. I, I, I love, frankly, I also love seeing a little conflict. I mean, I, I know we've, we've said this in the past. I, I just, you know, you want a little tension. I, I do think tension is is an essential part of this show and I, I hope they really put the screws to the chefs in terms of, you know, really, I, I hope we have some really difficult, you know, adversarial uh, challenges. And, and because I do think that is a good, a good way to ratchet up conflict without having a, you know, the designated dick or the, you know, or, or, or the personality conflicts. I think if you put them in, in challenges that are austere or with deprivation, you can only cook by candlelight or whatever the hell, or you've got a, whatever you can find in the Tim's river, you can use in a meal, whatever, whatever the hell it's going to be. Right. Like I do think, I, I hope we see a little bit of that. Like, I think, you know, I, I want, I want there to be adversity in this season and the best way to achieve that is just to have really tough challenges
4: yeah and and it looks like they're excited you know like you can feel it from padma gail and tom that they're excited for this season that this is the all-stars of all-stars and i i'm i'm really upset that i don't have buddha on my team because of how much of a juggernaut he was last year and how he nerded out on our show which what's up buddha great to great to see you back on the competition um i Top Chef is back, Kevin, and Gail's back. I mean, she did the suit with the shorts on the on the, the the elimination challenge. She looks great. Everyone's looking like they're in prime shape for for some competition. We are so excited for Top Chef to be back. And uh I am I'm am just you know, Kevin, uh the the flowers are budding and blossoming, the birds are chirping, and Top Chef,
3: season twenty.
4: Back in my life. I'm excited, Kevin. For
3: Tom Havistrow, this is Kevin Arnavitz, and this is Pack Your Knives.